Greetings and welcome back to TanakhStudy.com. In this program we study one chapter of Tanakh in each podcast. My name is Yitzhak Et Shalom and I'm delighted to be studying Sefer Divrei Hayamim with you. Today we're on Divrei Hayamim Bet, Perak Chavtet. And uh, recently in the previous podcast we heard about the death of Ahaz, the wicked king who brought Avodah Zarah to, throughout the kingdom. And uh, now his son Chizkiyahu takes over. And we're anticipating only great things. Uh, we have the typical bio sketch of a king, uh, how, how old he was when he ruled, how long he ruled, and the name of his mother. So he was 25 when he took over, ruled for 29 years, which means that he ruled till the age of 64, and that his mother's name was Aviyah Badzacharyahu. We're back to to a righteous king as we've had before. Just as his father David did, and we're going to hear that he uh, outdid in righteousness, outdid the previous righteous kings that we heard of. In his very first year, and this is going to be the focus of this chapter is what he did at the beginning in the first month of his uh, first year of rule, meaning in the month of Nisan, as we call it. Um, he, the first thing is he opened up the doors of the Beit HaMikdash. Remember, his father had closed the doors and stopped the Avodah. The second thing is he strengthened the doors. The doors, along with many of the other kelim of the Beit HaMikdash, had been stripped of their precious metals by Ahaz, who sent them ahead to the king of Ashur as a vain sort of uh, bribe didn't work and so Chizkiyahu uh, strengthened the doors he then assembled the Kohanim and Levim who were there and he gathered them in the square to the east of the Azara that's in front of the gate that we refer to in Baichini times in the Mishnah as Sha'ar Nikanor and he addresses the Levim all of them as Levi'im, because Kohanim, of course, are Levi'im. Atahit Kaddishu, sanctify yourselves, which could mean mikvah, could mean a separation for a certain time because of two other tumot. Vekadshu at Beit Adonai Elohei Not only sanctify yourselves, but sanctify the house of Hashem, who is the God of your fathers. Well, your ancestors, after all, worked in this Beit HaMikdash. It's become defiled. Time to sanctify it. First sanctify yourselves, then sanctify the house. Take the nida out of the Kodesh. What does the nida mean? The nida here does not refer to a particular woman, but it means Tum'ah. And as we see in several passages in Yeshayahu, the, and which is, of course, is a period piece with this, uh, Yeshayahu is the Navi, the famous Navi at the time of Chizkiyahu, um, describing Abu Dazara as a nida. And he continues, Our ancestors trespassed. He's referring to his father. They did that which was evil in the eyes of Hashem, and they abandoned him. They turned their faces away from the Mishkan, and they gave the Mishkan the back of their neck. And they turned to the Bamot, to Baal that they had built, and turned their back to the Mikdash. They also closed up the doors of the ulam, the vestibule, before the heichal. They extinguished the menorah. 
They did not burn the incense. They did not bring the Ola up, Yisrael, to God. God's anger was against Yudah and And he put them into a position of Za'ava, Za'ava means shaking and trembling from shock. To waste, meaning destruction. And the source of people whistling in disbelief. A passage we see uh, notably in God's response to Shlomo's tefillah. If you do not keep the mitzvot, this place will be called Elyon, called Roea Yishom Visharak. Kasher Atem Roim Be'inechem. Just as you see with your own eyes that everything's been destroyed here. Not destroyed, the building hasn't been destroyed, but we've had hundreds of thousands of people killed, terrible destruction, and, uh, and the house is closed up. Our ancestors died. This is not ancestors way back. This is the previous generation. Died by the sword. And our children, our sons and daughters, our wives were taken in captivity because of this. That was the captivity that Bnei Ephraim returned to Yericho. I now have it in my heart to make a breed with Hashem. And let his anger subside and recede from us. Banai, and again, this is still Chizkiyahu speaking to the Levim. Levim and Kohanim. Ata al-tishalu. Do not al-tishalu. Do not take things lightly. Don't think, think, don't sit quietly by. This is from the word of Shalev. Kivachem bachar Adonai. You are the ones that God chose. La'amod lefanav l'sharto. Borrowing the passage from Shofti, from Dvarim Yodchet, to stand in front of him and serve him. You are the ones that God chose to be those who serve him and who burn the incense. Okay, that was his speech. Now what happened? Here we'll hear names, and of course this is classic for Divir Amim to give us as detailed a list of who's there and with their yichus. So these two Levim representing the family of Kahat. These two representing Bnei Merari. So we have, Edom and Yoach may be the father and son. Um, we, there, we, we have here two representatives from each of the major families of the Levim. But there are sub-families of Levim. We met in Devramim Aleph Perak Tadvav, who is a sub-family of Kahat. Shimri v'yiyel. Mibnei Asav Zachariah Matanyahu. Asav, of course, one of the singers that David had commissioned. Mibnei Heiman, another one of the composers. Yichiel v'shimi. Mibnei Yedutun, another one of the composers that David commissioned. Shmayavu Uziel. So we have all of these Levim leaders and uh, the whole group together, they assembled all of their brothers, all of the Levim, and they sanctified themselves, and they did exactly as the king directed them, uh, to, to following God's word, in order to purify the house. So the Kohanim, who were the only ones allowed to go inside, went inside to purify it, they took out all of the tumah that they found there. They took it out into the courtyard. And the Levim were the ones who took it all out to Nachal Kidron, which is outside of the city, 
take it out there and have it destroyed outside. Vayachelu, the assumption is destroyed. Vayachelu bechad lachodesh harishon lekadesh. This all began on the first day of the first month. Now, if we go back to the beginning of the parak, we can see that all of this happened in one day. Meaning, Chizkiyahu took this decision, assembled them all, and the project began all on the same day, the first day of the first month. It is possible that Chizkiyahu um, was it was intending to have this completed in time for the Korban HaPesach. That will not play out. It is also possible that Chizkiyahu wanted to replicate the notion of a dedication beginning on the first of Nisan as happened in the desert. <coughs> also, um, uh, when Shlomo had his great dedication, it was also in the singular month, in his case the month of the seventh month, the first and the seventh months, so of course the two festive months that we have, the two different beginnings of the year. On the eighth of the month, they came into the Ulam and they sanctified the house for eight days. There are those who suggest that this is the model from which uh, the Hashmonaim took the idea of an eight-day dedication ceremony for Hanukkah, from this rededication, because just like the case of Hanukkah, it was not a new house, but a newly dedicated and newly purified house from Avodah Zarat. They finished on the 16th, which means, of course, it was too late for the Korban Pesach, and we'll play and we'll see about that in the next parak. They came in to Chizkiyahu. In doesn't mean in the Mikdash, of course, Chizkiyahu wasn't there. They came into his palace. They announced, we purified the whole house. And Mizbach Olav et Kokelav. The Mizbeach and all of the Kelim. The Shulchan that has the, the form the marechet for the lechem apanim on it, and all of its vessels, all the tools and tongs, etc. All of the kelim that, that Achaz, the king, abandoned in his kingdom, when he trespassed, we prepared them and we sanctified them. We fixed them and we sanctified them. And now they're sitting in front of the Mizbeach. Okay, beautiful. So the job was done. He got up early, he's now on the 17th, he gathered all of the elders of the city, and they came into the Mikdash, or to the precincts. They brought seven bulls, seven rams, and seven lambs. Now this is a number we're not familiar with from any particular korban in the Torah, but the sequence of Par, Ayel, and Keves is the sequence we're familiar with. Tzfir is an Aramaic word which is used only in late uh, Tanakh literature, which in earlier Tanakh literature is Seirizim, meaning a male goat. Shiva lechatat. So the all the rest of them are olot, and the goats are for a chatat, meaning to purify the the throne, which has been guilty because of Achaz of this terrible uh, trespass against God the Mikdash, which has been abandoned, and Yehuda, the leaders of Yehuda, who participated with Achaz. So it's a chatat for all of them. He told the Kohanim to go up and do the korbanot. They did what they were supposed to do. They slaughtered the cattle. The Kohanim did Kabbalat Adam, accepting the dam into the of the of the korban into the vessel. And they threw it on the Mizbech, as they're supposed to. They slaughtered the rams. Same thing with the dam. Did the same with the lambs. 
Right? And they brought the the goats for the chatat. They brought them in front of the king and the community because they were being brought on their behalf. And the king, and evidently some of the representatives of the community, put their hands on top of the chataot because this now is a chatat to to um to expiate their sins or the sins of the people they were representing. Then the Kohanim shechted the goats. They expiated the dam, which means they put the dam on the Mizbeach, according to Halacha, on all four corners. To atone for everybody. Meaning, it doesn't mean that the king spoke to all of Israel, meaning referring to all of Am Israel, he said, this this Olah, 21 animals, and this chatat of seven is for everybody. So he set the Levim up in the, in Beit Hashem, meaning in the courtyard, with symbols and with lyres and with harps, according to the way that David and his two Nevi'im, God and Natan, established it, as we read at the end of the Ramim Aleph, David established the different families of the Levim, who are the Meshorim, the singers. This was all directed by God through his Nevi'im as to who would be singing and where, which families would be where. Levim had all of the instruments, and of course the Chatzotzrot, the cornets, were in the hands of the Kohanim, as commanded in Bamid Bayod. He wants to bring up the Ola, means he directs it to happen. As the Ola goes up on the Mizbeach, suddenly the singing and the cornets blasting starts. In the meantime, all the other instruments are playing the lyres and the harps, etc. Now, what are we seeing at the same time? Everybody who's present prostrates themselves. The music is playing. And the cornets are blasting. All of this is happening. Everybody prostrate, the music, the cornets, everything happening until the Ola is fully brought up. After the korban is fully brought, the king himself knelt and prostrated himself and all of his entourage. Then they turned to Levim and said, Sing praise to Hashem using the words of David and Asaf. And Asaf is a chose because we heard earlier that he is They praised till they were fully rejoicing and they knelt and they prostrated again. And here we get a clue about the odd numbers of what's going on. You have now inaugurated yourself. Milui Adaim is something that we hear all the way back in Sefer Vayikra, really at the end of Shemot, about the inauguration of the Kohanim. You have all now become inaugurated to your worship of Hashem. So this Korban is a special Korban. This seven Parim, seven Elim, seven Kvasim, and the seven Tzvirechatat. Now that you've inaugurated, now go bring Shlamim, and Todot. They all brought Korbanot, Shlamim, and all of the the generous ones brought Olot as well. Did they bring Bakar Shivim, 70 cattle, Elim Mea, 100 rams, Kvasim Matayim, 200 lambs, 
That's the Olat. What about the Korashim, meaning the Shlamim? Bakar 600 cattle. 3,000 lambs. The problem was there weren't that many Kohanim. They could not um, strip all of the olot, you know, when you when you bring a korban olah, before it goes on the mizbeach, you have to flay it, and then fillet it, and do all the pieces. There were not enough koanim to flay the, the olot. As the Gemara in Yoma says, the hefshet uh, is kasher bazar, so a non-koin could do that. So what happened? They were helped by their brethren, the other levim, the non-koanim. Until they were finished, in anticipation of the fact that other koanim will be mitkadesh, there weren't enough koanim there at the time. The, the levim were actually more zealous to be mitkadesh, which means more levim got ready in anticipation of this great day than koanim, and therefore the levim were needed to help the koanim until more koanim would come around. They brought many more olot with all of the fats of the shlamim, because that also goes up on the Mizbeach, and all of the libations. And now the Avodah of Beit Hashem has now been reestablished and firmed. And everybody rejoiced. That Hashem had prepared the people, had set the people up, because this is all, as I mentioned, very, very quick. This happened really somewhat spontaneously, and they blessed Hashem for the fact that they were able successfully to do it all in this very short time. In the next parak, uh, we are going to hear more about the development of the Mikdash, and specifically about the very big Korban Pesach that Chizkiel brings in this year, uh, but we'll leave that for the next podcast. In the meantime, I should have a wonderful day.